Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, For more information on Michael, Myself, or Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, The Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Tuesday, March the 29th. 2016. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1 and that puts you in queue to talk to us and we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. That was a deep breath, Michael. It was. (laughs) Yeah. So welcome. Thank you, sweetheart. I was just thinking about how good the new intro sounds. Sounds awesome, except I'm wondering where you got that new version of the song. It's not a new version. Uh, it's different than the one we usually play. No, it's it's Mary Redante's. It didn't well, come I, on I, I with the voice, uh, but... blog talk jingle, but no, that's her song. So it's the same thing. Mm. Oh, I realize it is, but it sounds like her voice is inflecting differently. But uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm imagining things. In any event, we're honored, we're delighted that uh, that you're here to be part of our show today, as we inquire once again into this deepening of the understanding of of how the world really works, what our place is in the world what we're capable of, and in particular, why so much of humanity is suffering. And what can we do about it? Hence the title of my book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? A title that I feel blessed the universe reserved for me because it is so obvious a title. Because so many people are stuck in their patterns with no awareness whatsoever that what they're stuck in are their patterns. They think they're stuck in everybody else's patterns. But if I'm stuck in a pattern, the only pattern I can be stuck in is my own. If you're stuck in a pattern, the only pattern you can be stuck in is your own. And the solution always lies in first century Aramaic forgiveness. There is one, I love how the Course in Miracles talks about forgiveness. It says there is one single-edged sword There's one thing that can never be turned against you, and that is if you are in some state of sadness, grief, rage, fear, hatred, anger, vengeance, gossip, slander, if you're in some state other than your natural state, which is love, then there's one tool which will always restore you to the truth of who you are, and that's forgiveness. Now, We've been taught a false concept of forgiveness in this culture. We've been taught a Greek idea of pardoning in the place of forgiveness. We're told that if I've got pain going on inside of me, then obviously it's somebody else's fault. Look out there through your eyes and see who it is that's causing you the pain and forgive them. Which, of course, I can let any and everybody else off the hook until the cows come home. Not going to change what's going on inside of me. And all of my pain and all of my suffering issues from inside of me. The word forgive in Aramaic has nothing to do with letting you off the hook because pain is issuing from inside of me. 
first century Aramaic forgiveness gives me the opportunity to collapse the output of my mind, to drop into the place in me that's in need of healing, to remove that place and be restored to the truth of who I am. And of course, many people say, well, Michael, who are you? What do you mean by the truth of who I am? Well, if you hold a newborn child, and we've asked tens of tens of thousands of people all over the globe the question, tap into the essence of a newborn, and everybody's word is always some variation on the theme of love. Why is that? Because that's who we are. We all started out the same. The world put its thumbprints on us, and forgiveness is about hammering out the thumbprints, becoming free of the internal turmoil that creates all pain and suffering and produces results that help us to believe that the cause of our pain and suffering is outside of us. And so welcome to the conversation. We are honored. We're delighted that you're here. We haven't spoken to Dr. Tim in a day or two. Let's say hello to the young man. Sir, how do you be today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Awesome. Anything exciting in your world? Well, I don't know about exciting. Excuse me, about exciting. I just finished a session with somebody, and he was lamenting how hard this work is, and we just had a rather in-depth discussion about how what he was describing as really hard boils down to the willingness to let go of what I've identified with. And he really started to get it near the end of the discussion. You could see in the way his energy shifted and his internal questioning was going that he was actually starting to see that every time he's had good results with a worksheet, it's because he's released something rather than dug in his heels and held on to his identity as this or that. And so we were talking about how the process actually boils down to if I apply the effort, it gets easier and easier. And we were in the pointed in the direction that you've talked about so often in this work is that What's really hard is living without tools. What's really hard is holding on. In in church last Sunday at the Unity, Ken Johnson sang a song by Peter Mayer, and he talks about how the person is in the river holding on to this rock that's rooted at the base of the river, on the river bottom. And he's holding on to it because he believes that's his stability, that's his safety, and that's his God, that's his home. And the river keeps pulling and swirling overhead. And eventually he has to let go of this identification with this God, this rock, this sense of self, and when he does the entire world opens to him. And that was the, the the big aha in our session recently was, you know, th- this person knows of somebody else who has very, very strong identifications as I'm this and I'm that and you're that and you're not this. And, and of course, a lot of clashing and, anger and insults come out of that kind of identification. And with the willingness to just say, you know, since I'm not perfect, I must not know everything. And if I don't know everything, then what I think I currently know must be either only partially true or completely false. So let me go into this next interaction, let me go into this next breath, with the willingness to learn something new, with the willingness to say, I'm open. And then watch what happens. And that's how these tools have changed my life for the better, time after time when I pick them up. So that's my offering for today.
Cool. Awesome. Well, you, you bring up that, um, that section from the book, Life Without Tools, and um, I haven't shared that for quite a while on the show, so while you were talking, I went ahead and looked it up on our website and actually put quite a bit of time into correlating the, uh, the things the world says we need to go for and figure out and how it looks when we've got tools in our life. So I'd like to, to just share that page from the book. And, of course, the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again, can be downloaded free from our website, www.whyagain.com, or .org, pardon me. been a while since I've slipped and said .com. So there are several areas that uh, this particular little piece addresses, and it starts out and says, Life without tools is sleep and hell. Life with tools is awakening and delight. Information without tools is impotence. Information with tools is power. Power without tools is dictatorship. Power with tools is service. Relationship without tools is codependence. Relationship with tools is interdependence. Knowledge without tools is dangerous. Knowledge with tools is safety. Commitment without tools is hopeless. Commitment with tools is a blessing. Abundance without tools is loss. Abundance with tools is easy. Health without tools is impossible. Health with tools is natural. Learning without tools is chaos. Learning with tools is education. Ambition without tools is corruption. Ambition with tools is accomplishment. A world without tools is war. A world with tools is peaceful. Having tools and not using them is a life without tools. Having tools and using them is aliveness. And yes, our uh, our goal with this, our purpose, I should say, more correctly, for this radio show, for all the work we do, is to give people a toolbox filled with, here's how, in particular, to end suffering. And you, know, it, uh, you also remind me of that little piece that comes from uh, Richard Bach's book, Illusions, about the creature holding to the twigs and rock and rocks of the river bottom and how when they finally learn to let go the river just delights to lift them and carry them free and yet these false suffering identities that we hold on to and experience sensation out of become the death knell for human life and having the tools to let go of what rings that death knell takes us back to life. And so, you know, I can remember so many years when I wondered, how do you do this? How, 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 how do we do this? How? Everybody talks about doing it, but how? That's, that's a whole different story. So we're here just to uh, to support and make those tools available so that each person who chooses to be part of the process can add to their toolbox of tools another set that comes especially from the first century Aramaic language and the teachings of the man named Yeshua and the how to truly live as a human being. And it's a pretty awesome process to engage in. I certainly am blessed in my life to, uh, to get to be doing what I do to make my way in the world and Dr. Tim, we certainly appreciate your part in us being able to take these tools to a wider and wider array of people as we make it available to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. Thank you for your support, your assistance, and and your applying your brilliant state of being to the understanding and the comprehension of these tools that's taught us all so much. So much appreciation. You're entirely welcome. 
It's a pleasure and an honor. And if I remember correctly, we had some rather intense callers on yesterday that weren't able to have a whole lot of time, so I'm hoping we can give them the airspace to get more worked out. Anybody in the uh, phone queue with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room for us to be aware of? Uh, There are no hands up. And, of course, one of the callers said they wouldn't be able to call today, that it will be tomorrow before they can continue. However, um, one person in the chat room said that they had always been searching for the tools before they were led here, and now they found the tools. And so they're thankful. So. Well, I'm certainly I'm certainly thankful for every person that chooses to pick them up and make use of them, and uh, and and especially pass it on to someone else. And even people who never say a word about the healing work that they're doing are passing on that energetic state of healing and making it available in a wider and wider scale. And so, everyone who chooses to participate is making a contribution. And there are those who step out and take it to another level. And there are those who just quietly move forward. It's kind of interesting. Every once in a while, we'll we'll be in a city that uh, you know perhaps haven't been in a while, or we'll run into someone from a workshop that you know shows up and and says, you know, I I, I did this work uh, 25 years ago, and it's changed my life, and I've been using the tools ever since. I kind of disappeared, but I've been out there doing it, and my life is so different. We actually had an experience of that in the laws of living intensive. We had a young lady who, uh, who actually started doing this work back in Atlanta over 30 years ago. And it was someone who I connected with and sort of, you know, made an acquaintance with as I do with many students who, who engage in this work. And then, you know, she, I, I lived in Atlanta back then and she kind of, you know, went her way and we went our way and, and, you know, I don't know, almost 30 years later, haven't heard a word from her. And she shows back up at some workshops we did in St. Petersburg, decided to do Laws of Living. And what I found to be really rewarding, aside from the fact that she says, my life is so different than it was before I engaged in the use of these tools and was aware that they were there. But to have an objective... um, measuring stick for that was pretty cool and when we do an intensive we administer what we call a personal code evaluation and the personal code evaluation breaks people's rules the the rules that their mind forces them to follow in leading their lives a personal code evaluation breaks that down into 10 different areas and it, it basically is designed to give people an insight into where their blocks might be in 10 different areas. And so, you know, having administered thousands of these over the years, it was really quite rewarding to see someone who had been independently using the tools for three decades show up in intensive and have probably within the top three or four people that have ever come to an intensive, the top scores, that is the fewest blocks in the mind of the fewest holes in the mind of anybody we've ever seen come to an intensive. It's not unusual. You know, it's, it measures their scales in 10 different areas and the scales are one to a hundred or zero to a hundred. And it's not unusual to see somebody who shows up in an intensive with the love of self. That's 12 on a scale of a hundred a love of others that's a 22, um, a freedom from fear that's five. It's not unusual to see those kinds of scores. Freedom from hostility at 27, uh, uh, love for laws of living, which relates to victimhood being at a 20. It's not unusual. In fact, it's quite usual to see people that their scores are down in the, the teens, occasionally the single digits, 20s, 30s, 40s, and quite normal to see that the best score that they have is maybe in the 60 range out of 10 different areas. And it was pretty pretty sweet to have this lady re-enter the work, pick up the worksheets, start doing them again. And then a couple of months later, well, I guess it was a little more than that, uh, it was probably about a year later because she actually lives out of the country. She called into the show uh, a couple of times last year from France. 
and declared her intention to come to Laws of Living. But to see her come in and all of her scores being up uh, in the 75s plus, uh, which you know I've maybe seen three people over the years that have done that. So it's kind of cool to have that objective uh, measuring stick to be able to say, wow, you really have been doing your work, haven't you? And it's, it's pretty cool to uh, to see that happen. So accolades and acknowledgement for everyone who picks up the tools and chooses to use them and cleans up their minds. And, and when you take a cleaned up mind out into the world, you make a difference. The words you Michael. speak, the acts you perform. Yes, sweetie. Actually, the young lady you're speaking about is in the chat room, and she just asked a question. Um, She said, can you uh, expand a little bit, elaborate on doing a worksheet as if you were another person in your trigger family? For example, her doing a worksheet as if she were her mother, and her mother's deceased. Um, Right. And her mother always maintained that she never wanted such a large family, but she ended up with five children. And so she wants to do a worksheet as if she's her mother. So can you help her with that? Sure. Well, I would start out whenever I suggest that someone do a worksheet as though they were another person, I usually suggest that they get quiet and centered and, you know, one one of the intensives that we do is a nine day uh, intuitive development and in the intuitive development we invite people to enter into the practice of quieting their minds and imagine themselves breathing themselves into another space you know we'd have partners and of course with permission there would be that partner breathing into another space and being able to look from inside of them out through their eyes and through their minds. It's an amazingly, amazingly effective tool. So my input would be that would be the starting point, would be just to get quiet and imagine yourself breathing yourself into your mother's space. And if you were working around this issue of having five children, do a worksheet on, you know, Having a large family, maybe the emotional strain of that, the, uh, you know, what, what, I don't know exactly what arena you'd be doing that worksheet in. Would it be that she felt bound or held back? Uh, Would it be that she felt overloaded, overworked, overstressed? You know, it would depend what the worksheet would be. But I, I don't think I'd select the topic of the worksheet until I had breathed into their space. And then from the inside, allowing yourself to listen to their voice, ask them, you know, if there was a piece of healing that you were going to do that I could support you with, what would that piece of healing be? And then I would listen with my intuitive faculties. And it's interesting. I can remember in the early days of working with this intuitive faculty, how I can remember the first time it really kicked in. And I became aware, and it was kind of interesting because it, for my mind, it was spatially related. I became aware that I was used to, and, and it's not literal eye looking, but I was used to looking in a certain direction that tended to be straight off in front of me. Now, this is kind of a metaphor because it's not literal looking, but intuitive looking. So I was used to looking straight off and somehow or other, I became aware that just off to my left, I could look and there was a whole other piece of information about the subject I was focusing on that I had been trained or had trained myself to ignore. And all I had to do was turn toward it and look, and it was just right there. And it it was non-physical, but it was an understanding about a situation or circumstance that was just right there, but I normally ignored. So, and, and it's different for different people, but I'd let myself kind of step into your mom's space, asking her permission, 
and listen for yes, you can, or no, please don't. And then asking her what what issue around this large family would be appropriate for us to work on. And then I'd do the worksheet as though I were her. I would put my name in as I, you know, if mom's name was Helen, I, Helen, who am love, feel overwhelmed. Situation. I have five children, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever that might look like. That would be how I would approach doing that. And it's shocking what kinds of insights and what kind of things can show up. Does that fit and make sense for you? And assuming that she's in the chat room, we'll give her a second to respond. She is. And she says, thanks a million or more. Yes, I can sense the value of breathing into the other space and listening for their voice. I'm eager to do this. There are so many unresolved emotional issues that I am sure can be cleared out and passed down in a loving form to my family and to their families. Yes, it fits and it makes sense for me. Cool, cool. And as we're doing that, I'm wondering, knowing that we are actually fairly close, that you're less than an hour from us, we're uh, we're getting ready for a huge storm here. And as Jeannie started to read that, these rolling thunder rolled past out here. And I wonder if just an hour up the road, if you're experiencing the same thing, if you if you heard the same uh, same uh, thunderbolts go through, it was pretty loud here. In any event. Delighted, and uh, it, it looks like we've got a uh, another short journey, a couple of days, uh, that we're going to have to go to uh, to take care of some errands we need to do over in Orlando yet. And so uh, we won't be getting up to see you this weekend yet, but uh, but as soon as we get back here and settle in and get a clear space and we're staying here, then we'll certainly be in touch and look forward to getting together with you and Robert and playing a little bit. And Jeannie tells me that we've got a caller. So let's say hello to our caller. We do, Jeannie. and it's area code five one seven. You're on the air. Hi there, it's Rex. Hey Rex, welcome, sir. How do you be? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, I have. I got your text just uh, just before the show started. It was too late to respond to it, but uh, here we are, and maybe we can chat right after the show. That sounds good. And regarding the uh, conversation, working with a client, um, this person has a son that is living with one parent, and then the other parent is the one I'm working with. So I'm just keeping them kind of neutral. It's a mom and a dad thing and a son. Uh, The son evidently is fed a fair amount of negative, angry input, and a lot of it is directed at the mother, who is my client. And I recommended that she actually do a um, do worksheets in the first person as you were describing today. Would you have any other input uh, related to that? The child is eight and has a fair amount of hatred and violent energy that comes out to the extent that I want to do you bodily damage directly to the mother. Wow, that's pretty so intense. It's incredibly intense, and the father is it, it probably in the opposite direction of the mother, not probably, but almost assuredly. Um, I don't know him. I haven't communicated with him at all, so I'm only basing it on my conversations with the mom. Um, so that's why I say apparently. But there seems to be a lot of um, aggression and violence and screaming and all sorts of things. And then the child seems to be doing its best to his best to work through it. But he, he, I wondered if he had any thoughts or input. She listens regularly to the program as well. She's on almost every day. Right. Well, I guess I'd, the first thing I would ask is, or I would suggest doing as mom would be to work on uh, forgiving any part of you that uh, feels responsible for what's going on with your son 
to look at any part of you that carries perhaps either overtly or covertly hostility on that level and to clean that up. I'd be doing worksheets around being victim to my family, being victim to my own son, being victim to my power person, what my place was in my family of origin and how it fit for me. It sounds like, you know, it's kind of a victim role uh, that your son is casting you in and perhaps you're accepting. And so I think I'd, I'd work from that perspective and, uh, you know, with that kind of rage, what my offering is, is that your son is experiencing tremendous pain. And so I'd be asking myself, what's the root of my son's pain? Did I understand correctly, uh, Rex, that the parents are estranged? Yes. Yeah, they're divorced and um, it is... Uh, quite often a volatile communication one way. Um, my client has been doing, uh, the mother, I'll say, it's easier to communicate that way. Um, the mother has been doing t- tremendous work, and that was really good input because some of those things I had recommended, and I don't, uh, you, you named a few that were good there that I hadn't specifically addressed, so that was very helpful. Um, and, and yes, they are, and... Um, there's movement in making adjustments uh, in the custody situation as well. So mm-hmm. it's it's in, a, in it's in the opposite direction that would be optimum. How's that? <laughs> uh, right. He has custody of the father right now. Mm-hmm. So I'd be looking and, at you know what what my because the son is probably if he's in the father's custody, the son is likely reflecting a lot of the pain that the father has, has come to identify with. And, you know, quite often, of course, when there's a custody situation going on, uh, adults or so-called adults are functioning out of power person dynamics and more like little children and uh, maybe simply stoking the fire with your son and um, passing messages to the son that uh, of course it's all your fault. You know, which might be dad wanting to get back together uh, in fear, in pain about the separation, the loss of the relationship, and his frustration and not knowing what to do there, his hurt, uh, you know, being communicated with the son either verbally or non-verbally. So they they would all, I think, be fit subjects for for worksheets and looking at what what part can I play in softening that, and then. What what kind of fear is there in me that inhibits me from fully embracing my son's pain? Mm. You know, can, yeah. is there something that would inhibit me from totally and completely having my heart wide open and just being there to embrace his rage, his grief, his sadness, his fear, his terror, Whatever it is, I mean, for a kid to actually want to lash out at eight years of age to uh, to a mother and f- do physical harm, it says there's so much pain in that child. So, mom, I'd be uh, be working toward how could I be that total space of connected love? What would inhibit me from doing that? That I need to forgive in order to be that space of love, and then. I would work with him from a distance in being that as his mom and be able to talk to him, embrace him in that love and, and create a safe space for him to tell you about his pain. And then I'd listen on the inner level. If you don't have access to do that externally or there's too much volatility to do that externally, then I'd go into a conversation on the internal and have that conversation with him and from a distance, and you might see some energy shifts happening very rapidly. That's good, Michael. And, of course, we, as Rex is already doing, I'm totally sure, uh, we will join in holding the space for the resolution of all of that for Dad. Because for Dad to be playing that kind of game has got to be pretty tough, pretty tough stuff going on inside of him for your son. And for yourself and, and any other family members, you know, if there are grandparents involved to, you know, the dynamics, the complexities that happen in relationship situations like that, we just uh, open our hearts to hold space and um, to see that shift happening back to, because, of course, 
whatever your son says, does, locks into, gets lost into, who knows how many generations that kind of pain has been going on, we hold and know the truth that he started out the same as everybody is, that active presence of love. And we reach forward out of that state in ourselves to intensify and draw into his experience the presence of who he is as love. And uh, so we certainly join you with that in that moment and, uh, and hold the space in any way that we can support. We're here to do that. Well, I appreciate it, Michael, and I know she does as well. And, and uh, we've talked a lot about the the pain that that anger is reflecting, you know, that is being covered up. And, and there is a grandparent situation. They're living with the grandparents. So that's, adds, you know, a lot of dimension to the process. And so really good input. And I, one thing that I didn't hear you address differently than what you had done before, I, I raised my hand, regarding doing a worksheet. Would you suggest also for that? He, the, the boy has done some worksheets, canceling goals that she's been able to guide him through. She's very active doing you know, three to five worksheets a day, listening to the program, very active in the work, very committed. I'm very pleased with her, you know, approach and, and how what progress she's making personally. But as far as um, specifically sitting down, doing worksheets for him, he doesn't do them. He's no. not. He says, Mom, I don't want to do it. I don't want any of that stuff. It's all just hogwash. And, but then when he's really upset, she says, well, just cancel the goal, and he does, and he feels better. So he has done that occasionally, but it's difficult to reach in there. Well, intuitively, the sense I get uh, is that underlying his pain is probably grief and loss. And so mom perhaps doing worksheets as him on grief and loss. You know, what, what has this divorce meant to him? What has he lost? His family, his safety, his security. Uh, his home, his identity, his future, his dreams, you know, what kind of losses does a child experience? And when that's too painful to face, that's when hostility comes in as the drug of choice to uh, to cover it up. So just get this sense mm-hmm. of, of a great feeling of loss that he has. And uh, so perhaps doing some worksheets as him, for him on loss. If you If you have the opportunity to spend time with him, you know, a, a really powerful tool, if you haven't uh, seen, if he hasn't seen, or even if he has, to go see it again, or, you know, you can order on Amazon, I think it's about $15 these days, the movie Inside Out, and they, you can you know, Target or Walmart or online, they've got a set of dolls with these, with the characters from the movie, and uh, so if you have custody space with him and he's in one of those angry places you know just just kind of offhandedly going and seeing that movie and talking about you know how you know specifically in that that film is so so powerful on the whole score of forgiveness how this little girl loses her state of being her her joy to anger and sadness and that She's got this goal of trying to be daddy's, you know, superstar little girl. And when she finally lets go of that, she's able to tell the truth about her sadness and her loss. It's actually a story of loss uh, when they move from her neighborhood. And and then in telling the truth about it, is able to bring it to love and, and bring healing. And I think that those dolls, that you know, if, if you see your son in, in sadness, to be able to hand him that doll and and just say, you know, I see that you're sad and and here's just a symbol of your sadness and know that I'm here to support you healing your sadness or if it's anger or if it's fear, you know, I see that you're there. And then being able with the child to, you know, I think the easiest way to teach a child forgiveness once they've seen that film is to to be able to say to them now, there is a reason why you're sad or you're angry or you're afraid. And that is because there's a goal that's driving sadness or fear and anger. So you're holding the anger doll because there's anger and you know, you have a right to your anger and I hold the space for your anger and I cherish you even in your anger. 
rather than trying to force them to give it up. And notice that there's something that you want that's driving that. And that if you cancel what it is that you want that's driving that anger, then the anger will collapse and you'll feel better. And, you know, at that moment you can drop the anger doll and pick up the joy doll and and tap into that or drop the fear doll. And and I think it's such a, a tangible way between that film and those dolls to teach a child that in every case where there's something going on that's less than love, there's a driver for the process. And the driver is a goal. And by canceling the goal, the driver for the process of anger, sadness, fear, whatever it is, that energy tends to collapse. And when it collapses, we tend to be able to return to love. And, uh, you know, to be the symbol of that space for him and to understand that process at another level, I think it's a very powerful and empowering way to teach that to children. So that might be helpful, too, if you do have a custody space with him. I think that's excellent. Again, Michael, it's really good to, to recommend that. I'm pretty sure she's seen the film, but to take it in and make sure that he's seen it. And you, you mentioned the dolls before. I haven't um, done any research or gone after getting those. You said they're at Walmart? Yeah, and, they, and they carry them at most of the big department stores, and they carry, you know, there are little tiny ones, like, you know, little tiny toy dolls, and then there are bigger ones that are stuffed, you know, like a stuffed doll kind of thing. And there's actually a set of them uh, that have um, little clickers in the hand, and when you squeeze it, it, the doll says something from the movie. So it's it's kind of a good reminder uh-huh. and realistic for the child. So there, there are different styles of them, and they're, you know, range in price anywhere from you know a couple of dollars to eight ten twelve dollars a piece but i think they're an awesome investment for any parent to have that movie is a fabulous movie uh that shows how the mind works in ways that uh you know most of the world hasn't even started to comprehend and and then just to add that you know hand it all to the child that's in one of those states and just with a, a simple piece of information notice there's something that you want that's driving this feeling in you and you can let go of it and let the feeling collapse. Such a simple, gentle way to teach forgiveness and very empowering for children. And if, if you can't find it, Walmart and Target both had been carrying them. I haven't found them the last few times that I've been in there. But I think you can order them online on at the Walmart.com or Target.com, either one. Awesome, Jeannie. Thank you. I'm making and then we have something else. Too. Going to do that. What's right. that, Michael? I say Amazon has them too, but go ahead, Jeannie. I was just going to say something else that another uh, lady uh, who she also uses the Inside Out dolls, but something that she did with one of her children, um, which I think she was around seven or eight, and they were really in their stuff and they were upset and they didn't want to do any of the work. She's got her children doing the worksheets and they didn't want to do it or anything. And, And she like took them by the hand and said, okay, let's go on a trip and had them close their eyes and, you know, picked. She knew that her daughter really loved the beach. And so she's like, okay, let's go to the beach. Says, what do you see? You know, and they walked through this whole imaginary scenario of the sand and the water and, and all of that and uh, did that for several minutes and just, you know, let's breathe and feel it, you know, feel the ocean. Isn't this fun? And, you know, just walked her into a different space. And then when they finished that, then she said the child was just back to being calm, and then she could work with her on the you know the tools and the forgiveness. But getting her out of her agitated state first, you know, so that she could even hear her, and so something like that might work with him. I don't know. Well, it's really it's interesting. I have another client that I'm working with that has been. Um, had a similar situation, but the child is quite a bit younger. And it's not as um, volatile in in the outward sense, but there's substantial changes each time the child goes back to spend time, in this case, with the mother versus the father. And I think the child is four, three or four, and just substantial changes. And sometimes it will take two or three days for the child to open back up again to the family. To the grandparents and the parents. Interestingly enough, another situation where 
the parent is living with the, their parents, and then the child comes and spends time there at the home. So it's uh, uh, this is really good. I'm going to make a note of this show because this is excellent for parents who have challenges with split homes and any situation for that matter. But it's uh, uh, great programming, great, great answers. I really do appreciate all the love and the support. Very helpful. I'll make sure that uh, both of them, you know, uh, recognize the show and listen to it more than once. Well, of course, it's uh, we're just doing our job, uh, Rex, as you are, and uh, <laughs> we're honored and delighted to have the opportunity to be on the team. And and it um, resonates for me um, as, you, as you're talking and just this whole scenario of what's going on with parents and their young children in, in the insanity of this culture and the suffering and the pain that is so totally and completely unnecessary and the the national psyche that perpetrates such things and goes rah rah for violence and you know that kind of a conversation is just uh it's so bizarre when you really think about it as we're designed to function as love as human beings it's like how how outrageous has it become you know i mean we have people on the national stage you know just breaking down in so-called political debates just ripping at each other's throats like children I mean <laughs> literally literally like seven and eight year old boys and and making promises that their platform that they're going to be war criminals if they get into office you know the, the national psyche has just so been so filled with this violence and this pain and this suffering that comes from unresolved hurt. And uh, it uh, certainly, as I tap into the energy of it, uh, gives me another layer of work to do on grief. You know, and how, could, how, how did we get this far away from functioning as humans? How bizarre is this? Well, I join with you in that, Michael, and that's, as you were talking and just, you know, looking at this in the world, it, it does resonate more sadness in me that I have more opportunity to let go of, and it's in grief as well. I, you know, I, 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 I as well listen to the the political process out there, and they call it political. I don't even know what it is exactly. It's a mess, it appears to be, but it's so, so wrapped in, you know, like you, you described so eloquently, it's a bunch of children that are deeply wounded that go out and learn that in order to get resolution, we must meet it with violence. And it's, it's just, it's, it's really um, unfortunate the way it is. And it is that way. And it, it, it just gives me more motivation, you know, for, you know, the company we're developing and, and this work that we're doing and Michael and Jeannie, the work you're doing and Tim and this entire community is just more, it just makes it even more important in our conscious mind. And, and the other thought I had was they don't have answers other than what they think they know in their carbon-based mind, which is based in fear when they start coming up with this crazy stuff, you know, and so, it's a matter of just like we've talked about, getting the tools to as many people as possible so that it really becomes the commonplace um, in our thinking and, and it's readily accessible. And we're we're doing that more all the time. I'm excited about how much is happening in many venues that are bringing forth truth or re, you know more resonant with truth and and expressing love in a, in a much greater capacity and movies like Inside Out. And so, you know, while I'm, you know, grieving over loss, like you were talking about, I, I'm accessing deeper levels of my own grief and my own sadness of loss. And I also remind myself of all the amazing things that are happening simultaneously. And we just want to keep moving that forward. You got my support on that. It's what it's all and, about. And, and we have had quite a few changes in our support group, as you've, you've known some of it. You know, I know Michelle has shared with you, uh, we went back to every other week because my time was not, you know, readily available for that, doing what I'm doing now. 
Um, and I uh, had, had kind of devoted my time in a different direction. Well, we had moved from one place, one church to another church, and that, that has changed now too. So tonight we're having our support group at my home again. <laughs> so we're oh, back cool. here. And it, we don't know if that's going to stay that way, but we've got a group of people coming over tonight. So I'm just announcing that on the show. If anyone's listening to the program that maybe didn't get our texts or our emails, you know, the message, uh, more texting than um, emails. But if it didn't get that, know that it's at, you know, our home. And if they don't know where that is, please contact me. And feel free to give my number if you want, however you go about doing that. I'm fine with that. So people can sure. have a contact to contact us. If you want to go ahead and give attend it. our group. It's five uh, if you want to go ahead and give it, you can do that. Okay, it's 517-449-1177, and that's Rex. So tonight, Lance and feel free to give me a call. All right. So and hopefully, if we got any other callers, we still got some time left. Thank you very much for the support and uh, you know, great uh, recommendations. Really appreciate it. All right, and I'll call you right after the show. Okay, sounds good, Michael. Thanks. Okay, blessings. Take care. Bye-bye. So our calling number is 646-200-4169. If you're at one of those stations we can't see through our uh, our uh, lens called the control panel, and you want to talk to us, if you call that number, you're listening to the show live, and if you push one, that'll put a little hand up in the control panel where Jeannie will see your number we have and a hand. say, ah, we have a hand up. And when she sees a hand go up, she says, <laughs> 760. Give us a name. Where are you calling from? This is Anne in Ocala, Florida, with FD and Pensa. Oh, well, hey there, young lady. It's good to hear your voice. How are you? I'm great and have worked on getting in the habit of listening I just wanted to give a shout-out to Shelly and Stacy. I hold them in space of love. And kudos to my accountability partner because that's how I had to get going on these worksheets because it wasn't working on my own. And good old Aladon principal says, well, when you aren't getting it done on your own, ask for help. So Gail, my breeding partner, was gracious enough, and I've been getting some worksheets done. So it's been great. Fabulous. Okay, so my question is, yeah, my question is, the the DVDs that I have, I've been listening on and off to the healing through relationships and the codependency to interchange back and forth, and just having to go over and over them again because I love the visual, of course, that you're doing in them um, helps me. But I'm just wondering, before, because I'm doing a lot of living in August, um, is there any particular order? Like, you know, with the communication one, the purpose, personal power, you know them all. So is there any particular order that I would be benefit, do you think, for me to look at them in? Not, well, uh, if you've been, have you watched several of them? Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, mostly just uh, then back and forth between the healing through relationships and the codependent and interdependent. That's what the workshop is about. Okay. But then, go ahead. Right. So I would go to uh, communication with that, and the circle of life can fit in very oh. well with that whole uh, that as a series. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just came across. There it is. Okay. Right. Then I would suggest that perhaps you go to purpose, personal power, and commitment. Okay. And as you get clear with purpose, and that's something we'll be focusing on in the Laws of Living Intensive this summer as well. So getting a head start on that, working on it over the period of the months between now and the intensive this summer, that will give a whole different level of meaning to that purpose. And then I go to laws of, the Laws of Living uh, DVD. Uh, okay. And, of course, once you've done Laws of Living, a lot of what we work on in Laws of Living has, is stress-related, is looking at um, the whole idea of the mind-goal management sheet, which we introduce in getting the stress you need. 
So that would give you a really powerful start on uh, heading in toward laws of living. And, uh, and then I just take the rest of them as, as I go. I'd perhaps watch the um, Mind Shifters and Introduction to Still Point Breathing as a, uh, a reminder of the whole Still Point process and the Mind Shifter process and how that fits with it all. And then I just, uh, you know, go through the rest of them kind of randomly, you know, look at, uh, you might want to also look at your um, post-evaluation uh, from yeah. the intensive and look at what your assignments are and uh, see if any of the topics fit with your assignments. Or, you know, we're, uh, we're far enough out from the codependence intensive and you get three evaluations with that intensive, you might want to uh, just go ahead and sign in online to the evaluation and, uh, and do another evaluation. And then okay. we'll give you some feedback on, you know, where you're at, what your challenges are now, and that may give you some more guidance as to uh, the direction to, uh, to do the DVDs. So, and then you'll have another three evaluations that will go hand-in-hand hand with the, uh, with the um, Laws of Living Intensive. So, so it might be a good time now or, or soon to, uh, to take yeah. that third evaluation from the Codependence Intensive. Okay, great, because, yeah, I was wondering about that still. Okay, yeah, and the mind shifter thing is, yeah, I've been kind of led to, yeah, get into all that. Okay, awesome. It's, I, I feel Shelly's pain. Um, I've had some painful times, and but, you know, I know this is the way i got to go, and so it's just been inspiring to listen to uh, Rex and other people, too. So, awesome. Thank you. All right, we are definitely blessed by this whole community. It's uh, it's pretty amazing, and you know, one of the things I really appreciate is wherever anybody is in their process, each person has a different kind of contribution to make to everybody else in the community. You know, somebody who's at the beginning of their process gives gifts that uh, they'll never know to the person who's most advanced with this work and vice versa. So it's a, it's a pretty sweet, uh, pretty sweet happening for everybody. Yes. That was what was inspiring when that lady called the other day on her birthday. And yeah, that was amazing. So, and it's very motivational for those of us that are beginning or have put it down and, you know, um, picking it up again and really working on leaving those words of trying and attempting and that kind of stuff out of my language. It's hard, but it really does make a difference. So thank you again, and I appreciate your time and blessings. All right. And also, Julie was on the show with us yesterday. I just thought about that, and she's in a healing crisis, moving a little bit of stuff, so she didn't say much yesterday, but... Let's just um, extend our support and love to Julie as she goes through the next layer and the next piece of her work and each creating a space of safety and support for the other and processing through letting loose of whatever needs to be worked through by each person involved on the team. And we're down to the last minute or so, and so I'll just say much appreciation for everyone who chooses to share with us, Dr. Tim in particular. You are always uh, appreciated for your support and assistance. And we hold the space for everyone who's involved. If this show has been meaningful, there are archives of the show. You can go to the archives and download the show as an MP3. You can attach it to an email. You can send it to anybody anywhere on the planet if they've got uh, email access, or you can send just a link that they can click and listen to the show. You can put it on a CD. You can put it on your your phone, you know, so you can listen to it anywhere. And, of course, we're up at about getting close, I guess, to 1,500 hours now of some very powerful conversations about the healing process. And so we invite you to uh, to make use of that resource. If you're ready to take your work to the next level, our schedule is up for next summer at Heartland. We'll be doing, I think it's 68 days of intensives. Come and join us. Have the best year yet of your eternal life. Blessings.
Thank you for listening to MindShifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org.